0: That sound. This is a good one.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Nick Jay. I'm rolling solo today. Um, Dale has the day off because I wanted to do a deep dive and looking into the topic of early season Canada goose hunting. This all stems from a recent discussion I had with Pacific Calls and they wanted to have me write a blog that they could send out to their email list and advertise about early season Canada goose hunting tactics and I thought that was an awesome idea. I've got a lot of I got a lot of tips and tactics on how to hunt early season Canada goose hunting, because I love it. It's the only season that's the warm season for hunting Canada geese. My favorite way to hunt them Uh, (laughs) in the nice weather. So uh, not only that, but as soon as the ideas started rolling, I reached out to the guys at Got Game Technologies, the maker of the Goose Tech app. I've been doing some webinars with them. I've done a couple webinars with them in the past. And I said, "Hey, Pacific Calls reached out to me. They wanted me to write a blog about early season Canada goose hunting. I think that would make an awesome webinar. What do you guys think we all team up on this?" So, I think all is going to go together and I just wanted to kind of talk to myself today, give Dale the night off, and I got some just broad general ideas that I've wrote down that I maybe want to go a little bit more in depth with the blog, maybe even more in depth with the webinar but I just thought it would be good to get some of this stuff off my chest when it comes to early season Canada goose hunting. Like I said, my favorite time of the year of hunting. Not just mine, though. It's everybody's favorite time of the year. The limits are higher. The weather is nice. The birds are, quote-unquote, dumb. I don't really like to use that phrase. But this presents a lot of unique challenges to this season. It's not... It's not later in the season where you got guys that are out deer hunting. You got guys who are out pheasant hunting. You got guys with mad wives and girlfriends that aren't out on the landscape anymore. And the landscape is much different early season to late season as well. Just not only is there more people in early season than late season, but there's less spots in early season compared to late season. And not only is there less spots, there's less geese. So... I think the whole scout, 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 blah, 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 get an X field and hide well. Yeah, we've all heard that a million times. For me, I've, I just moved to New Richmond, Wisconsin. Before this, I was living in Fridley, Minnesota. For me, as a guy to that lives in the metropolitan area, to get driving around to start scouting hard in early season to get on an X field for you know, opening morning, it's just not, I'm not going to say possible, but it's not reasonable or rational, and I haven't done that for like 10 years, maybe, like actually go out, drive around, and so we break this down into some different hunting tactics, and my first one that we can just dive into is On the X, which I've already kind of gone into some of these downsides when it comes to early season canada goose hunting trying to get on that x to get on that wheat field that's got a 100 canada geese on it um for a guy like me who doesn't have many connections i'm just a random dude trying to dress nice and look respectable while i knock on a door it didn't work out well for me ever in my hunting career doing that i got lucky a couple times i'm i'm 35 years old when I was super young and ambitious, and gas was a lot cheaper, I could I could sometimes get on property, but not for for most guys. If you don't have a plug into the field, or it's not your buddy's field, it's going to be a tough way to actually hunt birds. Is to be on the X opening morning, and you can just spend so much money in gasoline and so much of your time doing this that. There's a couple other downsides that just come to with that. If you do get the spot that, you know, you're pounding on doors and you get that spot with the 150 birds on it, to it's still opening day and your roost could get busted. Uh, some other guys could show up on the field. Some other guys could be sh- doing pass shooting on you. And when you're in a situation like that where you've invested so much of your time, so much of your money, so much of your evenings, like on the road hitting the pavement, when something goes wrong to ruin that, it's a very, it's a very upsetting emotional experience. Like when you have that much invested in a hunt, and I mean, you really are you're losing sleep over it at that point, And then all of a sudden somebody's running traffic on you, or then all of a sudden your roost gets busted. It's like steam come out of your ears, head explode, like never been madder in your life. Why? We should know running any hunt on opening morning or very close to opening morning is going to be a high risk situation where we really shouldn't be putting that much of our emotional investment or financial investment in a hunt that's so likely to be botched maybe by you maybe by somebody else maybe by mother nature and that's another thing to say about Early season hunting is when do you start scouting for that? Because once geese start to fly, which in the Minneapolis, North Dakota latitude, South Dakota latitude in there, it's between July 25th and August 5th. So between July 25th and August twenty, July 25th and August 5th, you're getting birds that are now airborne and they're not just flying from where they were born to where they now eat. They're migrating around in the immediate area looking for new and fresh food sources, trying to find these combines that are getting fresh wheat. The birds are moving across the landscape, and there's always a trove of people that have started scouting on August 10th, and excluding North Dakota here, which opens August 15th. You know, you got a September 1 opening, and there's people out there scouting like two, three weeks early. Are those birds really going to be there? Uh, Again, you're investing a lot of your time and money and emotions on a very, very, very risky proposition. So, I try to... I'm trying to get a few pointers out there that isn't just, scout hard, be on the X, use realistic decoys, set them up in a horseshoe. You know what I'm saying? Make that landing zone with family groups. Like... I respect you guys more than, <laughs> than a Ducks Unlimited article that you read 15 years ago. I want to give you some fresh takes on how to hunt early season Canada geese. Because it really is my favorite time to get out. But it presents some of the most difficult challenges to overcome. Um, Another, well, we can get into this. Uh, one thing that you can really do to skyrocket your permission success his running traffic, this goes for any season, but especially for early season, like it's again, more difficult because there's less fields on the landscape that are cut and even available to hunt. But maybe there's a water hole. Maybe there's an alfalfa field somewhere to get some decoys underneath the birds. And when you're running traffic on an early season situation, maybe you're only hunting a couple hundred birds You don't need giant, giant uh, spreads. Like later in the year, we're running traffic on 2,000 geese. I maybe want to put out two or 300 full bodies. That's not really what we got to do in early season when we're maybe hunting one or two roosts of birds that's equal to 150 to 220 geese, hypothetically. Um, Even if they fly over you and you don't have much success with the initial trafficking it's extremely likely that somebody is going to be in the X field. In fact, you probably asked on the X field and got turned down, and you know somebody's hunting it because that's what you were told. Okay, well, once those guys either A, scare the birds, or B, shoot at the birds, scaring them, what are they going to do? Maybe it would be not the worst thing in the world to have a nice, small, relaxed-looking decoy spread nearby, maybe something they saw on their way to getting half-murdered, that you, uh, you're uh you the second option. That can work out good. Maybe you're not going to shoot fat stack limits, but you're going to have a good hunt. Maybe it's a good idea to set up on a little bit of water nearby that, that X field that you know is going to get massacred that morning. You know, put yourself underneath it. Put yourself nearby it, and... Let's talk about hunting water while we're (laughs) talking. Let's lead that into hunting water. There's two different types of water spots that you can set yourself up on in early season. And the first one being a roost. Now there's all sorts of negative implications about hunting roosts. Let's not get into that. You can hunt a roost smart. And don't don't let anybody tell you that you can't. You got to be careful about how many geese you expose to gunfire. Um... On any roost but if you're hunting a loaf loaf is a spot that a goo after the morning feed if it's not cloudy the geese are going to go to a loaf or what I like to call a Sun spot many times this is a um, pasture a pasture pond it's a wet spot normally with some grass that they can walk up in sometimes this gets missed by other people that are scouting especially if they scout on cloudy days but that is just going to bring me into my point about hunting loafs in early season. If you do get lucky enough to get permission on a day loaf, where a spot that geese go to after they do a morning feed, typically hang out there all the way until they do their afternoon feed, it has to be sunny for you to hunt this spot. If you get permission on it, if you find geese there, it's because it's sunny. If you are go in there to hunt the next day it has to be sunny if it's cloudy dreary birds are either going to hang out in the field or they will go back to their loaf or I'm sorry about that uh, they will go back to their roost they will not be visiting a day loaf unless it's really bright outside and the weatherman can certainly play a role in <laughs> in screwing you over on this um another topic that we could that I have done entire podcast on is molt migrators. Um gosh, I should try to find what episode that is. But if you go back, I've got a great podcast in the Waterfall Wednesday series about hunting molt migrators and I could I could go on and on and on about this for a whole hour. Um molt migrators are my number one opportunity to hunt Canada geese in September because they require zero scouting. Maybe you should look on uh, Google, Google Maps, Google Earth uh, for chains of lakes, landscape features that you could tell that geese would use as landmarks as they migrate. But it's not hard to know historically where have geese been. If you have ever found a feed of three to five hundred birds in September, early September, mid September. Those birds migrated there from somewhere. There wasn't three to 500 baby geese within one mile of that wheat field or of that silage field that have been there for the last eight weeks. And that's what they do ever since they were born. They just go to this one field, all three to 500 of them. No, they came from somewhere. They came from the north. Those are molt migrators. Any spot where you have historically seen bigger feeds... Experiences of migration, probably an annual migration. Hunting molt migrators um, is the most rewarding and most exciting, most thrilling, most easy, most productive way of hunting in September that there is. Uh, you just need to kind of get over the hump of, of having that pit in your stomach like, well, we didn't. I didn't see no geese. What am I going to do? Just go set up somewhere random and hope? Yes, that is exactly what you're going to do. It's going to work out awesome, and you're going to make crazy amazing memories. A huge problem with hunting molt migrators is that there's a five out of seven chance that a good molt migrator day happens on a weekday. Okay, another thing is, don't let somebody tell you that strong northwest winds are what causes a good molt migration day. Typically, I would say it's more associated with temperature drop and timing. And in the Mississippi flyway, where our molt migrators are coming from is the Hudson Bay and the Inner Lakes region of northern Manitoba. That's 1,200 miles from Minneapolis, Twelve to 1,400 miles from Minneapolis. They are going to start migrating here, probably around August 15th, maybe August 20th, they're going to depart from Hudson Bay. But I, I, the, the way I like to describe it is this. If you have a commute to work where you have to go through 100, 100 traffic lights, red lights or green lights, there's some days you're going to get a lot of greens and you're going to make it to your destination. You're going to make it to work in 20 minutes. Man, if you get a bunch of red lights out of a, you know, if you get 80 green lights, you're making it to work fast. If you get 80 red lights, you're not going to get there. There's going to be a big timing difference. And when there's 1,200 miles between the molting areas and where you're hunting... Just think of every checkpoint that they get to as a red light or a green light. Like every day basically is a red light or a green light when when it comes to a molt migrating goose. Is the weather good for migration? No red light. That's where they're going to stop. Tomorrow, is it another red light or is it a green light? You know, maybe they get three green light days in a row and they're just blowing down to where they were. Basically, they end up where they were born the last year, two years prior so they can start looking for fresh cut food, um, agricultural food. They've been up in the Hudson Bay eating fresh grass all summer, and now they know that the agriculture fields are getting cut and they're coming down for fresh food. This can result in uh, a timing disparity on when is the best time to hunt molt migrators. I've seen amazing molt migrator hunts and, and molt migrator events as early as like September 5th, and sometimes it doesn't happen till as late as like September 15th. So there's like a a 10 or a 12-day window and that window includes nighttime. So you really got to keep your eyes peeled on the weather. And sometimes those molt migrator events happen at night and it still can be productive to just be out on the landscape hunting over the next couple days. Um okay, if you really want to learn more about molts, man, you got to find my uh, Waterfall Wednesday all about molt migrators. Um, should find that episode here. But another thing I wanted to t- uh, just briefly touch on is travel for early season Canada goose hunting. I have done this uh, several times and it has been a really good move. And that is, I tr- uh, make a big travel plan for a big hunting trip, like for the September opener. Or shortly thereafter, maybe a couple days after, or the next weekend, maybe not the first weekend, but the second weekend. Sometimes I've even done the third weekend that um, the September season starts, and that has been super productive. There's a couple reasons for that. Um, number one, n- not a lot of people are traveling at that time, so I've found if you want to start getting like good permission on X fields. Take that crazy trip to like somewhere super rural because most guys when it comes to hunting in the September season are doing it so close to home. It's like it's like stuff people do around home very much, very, very, very much, almost exclusively, like very few people are traveling the landscape Um, And doing crazy trips for a September 1 through a September 15 goose hunt. But that makes it a great time for anybody who really does want to go do it. I've gone um, to rural Canada during this time. Um, Actually, North Dakota is a freaking great timing to go out to North Dakota. While all the surrounding states around North Dakota finally have their opener, like the Minnesota Opener. That's a great weekend to go to North Dakota because all the blue platers are now staying home. They got uh, they got their rocks off, you know. In the August fifteenth season, went out there, struggled. Some guys maybe shot a few, but this is a great time for you to go to that rural North Dakota trip and and do something crazy, do something big. The more rural you get, obviously, since everybody's hunting so close to home, the further away from a lot of people's homes. You get the better permission rates. You get, and it's just a really good time to have a landscape to yourself. Um, real quick on pass shooting. Pass shooting. I would uh, caution you to be courteous if you're gonna do it. Um, a goose call. Uh, but goose calling can play a Big role in your success in early season pass shoots or even late season pass shoots. But since so many fields on the landscape are still standing, that is a great place to pass shoot. So if you can't get on an X field, take a standing corn field, take a standing bean field. If you're, the farmer lets you walk in there, line up birds using the goose call. As soon as they start coming at you, you use calling to just line them up, get them curious, get them interested in your, in where the sound's coming from, get them to come over the top of you, and then I'll always recommend you just try to shoot one bird. You pull the trigger once if you're hunting a standing field, because it is difficult to find birds. Um, that's coming from a guy who does not have a bird dog. Uh, if you've got a good bird dog, rain away. But me, I'm a, I gotta shoot one bird at a time when I do something like that. Watch it fall and run right to it. And uh, lastly, Let's talk about um, hiring an outfitter. This this is probably the number one time to hire an outfitter. There's a lot of outfitters now that are doing um, molt migrator, like really good deals. Well, they'll have the the weather will look good for a few days straight, and you'll get um, guide services setting up spreads and hunting them for like three to five days. Like jump in. That's something to watch social media for. But if you want to hire an outfitter, it's a this is a, this is prime time to hire an outfitter because spots are so limited and the weather's so nice. It's a good time to get a kid involved, get a kid out to an outfitter. There's so many good outfitters in Minnesota, in North Dakota, that these guys, for a, an extremely reasonable price, can uh, at least get you out there and. Um, have a good opportunity at killing birds so anyways that is kind of an overview of the topics that i was going to cover um for my upcoming pacific calls and uh goose tech webinar slash um blog whatever you want to call it i guess Um, I did talk to the Goosetech guys today. I got some pretty cool news uh, that Goosetech is going to be getting a facelift. They want me to start producing content here at my home and sending it in. There's going to be a big update. We're going to add a whole bunch of content that we filmed last summer in Idaho. And I'll be doing new content here at my home in New Richmond. And it is that time of the year. I've been cranking away at... um, Goose calling lessons. I've been talking to people every single day about how to improve their goose calling. Check out the Goose Tech app. Um, check out the Nick Johnson Signature Series short read Canada goose calls on PacificCustomCalls.com. And reach out to me if you have any questions or want me to expand on any of this stuff. Like uh, if you've uh, if you listen to this and you say I want you to talk a little bit more about whatever for early goose season, let me know decoy spreads scouting techniques, travel advice. I'm here to talk about all of it. But mostly, I really do want to help you guys become better at goose calling. That is my true passion. And uh, that is. I think that shows through with the Goose Tech app. Uh, anybody who wants to do a lesson, the first thing I say is invest $20 in the Goose Tech app. We'll take it from there. We'll do um, one-on-one lessons after that. Um, I, I always advocate a full a full frontal assault when it comes to getting better at your goose calling. There's nothing more important than your success than goose calling. Yeah, I don't care and I don't care if you're on the X or not. That just means you can some days get away with less. You need to be a professional goose caller. A a goose call is the most effective tool you could ever use for harvesting Canada geese on a consistent basis, that you're not going to get the results of a good, proficient goose call from anything. You're not going to get the results from Dave Smith decoys. You're not going to get that type of results from setting the best-looking shape of decoy spreads. Hell, you're not even going to get results like that a lot of times from hunting the X. Because the X, in a lot of situations just is a chisel plowed horrible spot to hunt. And you're going to need to do something to kill birds that is not on the X. What are you going to do? You're going to have to (laughs) go. You're going to have to hunt traffic and you're going to have to call well. So growing up in Minnesota and uh, hunting in Minnesota and Wisconsin has just kind of conditioned me to that. You just got to be a good goose caller if you want to get the most out of this sport and... I'm super enthusiastic about just helping anybody and talking to be- people about it. My, I want to get better at teaching how to goose call. It's extremely difficult. Learning it is difficult. Teaching it is difficult. I'm obsessed with how to teach it better. I want to help teach you to help teach me how to teach it. <laughs> if that makes sense. Anyways, guys, um, thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of waterfall wednesday on the full scale out there podcast again reach out to me with any questions but i think we're gonna wrap that up for today and uh look forward to my upcoming blog and webinar on early canada goose on thanks a lot guys catch you later